hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. Hope you've had a fantastic week and I really hope you've been thinking more about that project that's in your head or that idea and getting it out there. If you've been in a job like for ages and ages that you think, I'm really good at this, I need to stick at it, it's good money, blah, 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 but in your heart of hearts, you know, something's missing and you just want to fire up, you fire up your imagination, fire up your creativity and really get going and you sometimes you think art is you know one of those things that you don't get paid for and it's always got to stay a hobby it doesn't always have to stay a hobby and sometimes creativity can really pay well and really fulfill your heart actually do you know what it what would the world be without creative things think about it like that's the stuff that really keeps us alive and my next guest is unbelievable talk about taking something creative and putting it into a business and that's exactly what she's done. So let me introduce you to Jamie Newbury. Jamie spent most of her working life in the web interaction design and development industry, working with companies including Apple, Disney, Nintendo and Zappos. After a couple of years as an independent mum and a nasty spell of life burnout paralleled with the loss of her dad in 2012, she decided to design her life as if it were a product using the tools she gained from her 15-year design career making award-winning digital products. By 2014, Jamie was booked to share her stories at events around the world, was an active podcaster, a podcast guest, featured writer and professional experimentalist. Well, that sounds interesting, doesn't it? She learned how to own her time and pour focus into working on things she loves with people she loves working with and then teach others how to do the same through personal and corporate coaching. In 2016, the evolution of of an idea unfolded into what has become the most fulfilling work of her life so far. Jamie co-founded Picture This Clothing with her partner in life and business, Ken Finney Jr. Launched by a single tweet from her personal Twitter account, Picture This Clothing immediately went viral. Jamie is also a mum to two human daughters, five cats, one puppy, and is fueled by fun, Muppets, Disney, and a heavy sprinkling of rebellion. Well, I love that. Her mission is to contribute something positive to the world and create tools that allow others to do the same. Wow, I love this so much. Welcome, Jamie. Hi. (laughs) How are you? So quiet there. (laughs) (laughs) I know, and I always screw up things. (laughs) Oh, no, the sprinkling of rebellion, though. It's just that's the truth. I'm glad we connect on that. (laughs) 
I love that. You know, because really, how many how many times do we in we we try to be good on the outside, but inside we're screaming and we just want to tell someone, ah, I'm going to strangle you in a minute. You know that sort of stuff. <laughs> There's a little bit of bad in all of us, <laughs> <laughs> isn't there? Yeah, I like to think of it as just being a little bit punk rock on the edges. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You know, you know, being a being a good person, so you're trying to make the world a better place, but there's just that little bit of edge you know just sitting there and I reckon that's great that's it I love people like that so where whereabouts are you you're from um I know you're from the uh east coast uh from the west coast of USA so where exactly are you Las Vegas Nevada of all places I was born here and I have lived in other places but I lived here again Las Vegas now for so I don't know why I was thinking um California but wow I I went to Las Vegas years and years ago and it was incredible it's you know when you see pictures of it it's kind of like this big sparkly town you know like Elvis you know and everything and you kind of think it's like um you know it's just this big city in the middle of all these other cities and everything else but i can't i couldn't believe it we come over the hill through death valley or whatever that valley is do you, <laughs> yeah. do you know and then kind of just looked down and there was this just this it was like a ufo you know in the middle of the desert you know yeah. just all these lights it was incredible and and it was overwhelming for me i i was overwhelmed you know, I think the best thing was the seventy-nine cents breakfast. I'm sure you can't get them get them now. But, They're you know. ninety-nine cents now. Oh, are they? <laughs> you can always find a deal on food here because of the gaming and all of that. But yeah, yeah. it is a phenomenal and very weird place. But I, I call it home. <laughs> oh well, good on you. I mean, I I loved it, but it, I I was um it was amazing, I, and the breakfast I couldn't believe that everywhere you went it was just like so cheap and as much as you could eat, and I was like, yeah. I can't believe this. This is fantastic. But anyway, that's my experience. Um, and so have you? Have you ever? You've been to Australia? I have. I've been to Melbourne. Melbourne. We say Melbourne, but you guys say Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, but, the way, that's the way, it. The way you say it, and um, yeah, I. I spoken at two conferences out there and I can I divert on a little story to tell you about my experiences okay so my second time to Melbourne I on the flight over which it was like a 17 hour flight from Las Vegas to get to Melbourne um I slept for maybe the first half and then I woke up and my seatmate my seat neighbor um he was a younger a younger kid I don't know an adult man but younger than me <laughs> he oh, apparently he worked for Nike and he'd been over here in the states running a relay race like a 200 mile relay race but he was a product tester for Nike so he you know tested the shoes basically yeah and wow. um so we just we got talking and he's like so have you been before I was like yeah you know I've been before I got to see koalas and I got to you know, do all the, the touristy <laughs> things in um you know kind of downtown Melbourne and what else should I do and he's like well there's a great coffee culture I was like okay cool that's nice I said but what what do you do what do you do on Saturday you know or Sunday and 
Um, I've got a whole day that I can spend, you know, doing non-conference things. What do you do on a Sunday? You're local. And he said, well, I volunteer for something called Soup Van. And he explained that they um, prepare like soup and sandwiches and meals for for those in need. And I was like, well, can I come with you? <laughs> can I, oh, wow. I want to do that. <laughs> he was like, oh, of course. And he's, you know, he's like, I, I'll, where are you staying? I'll pick you up and I'll pick you up at five and we'll be done around 10 p.m. And so, you know, we exchanged information and. When I got, this was funny, I, when I got off the plane, my, my boyfriend, who you'll hear more about, Ken, um, my boyfriend, who is now my husband, like, yeah. when I got off the plane, I was so excited and I was telling Ken, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go volunteer soup fan with this guy that I met on the plane. He's like, what guy? <laughs> <I> said, his <laughs> name's Bobby. And he's like, Bobby who? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know his last name. <laughs> I didn't get that much information. I just you know, when you've talked to somebody for like six or seven hours, you get a pretty yeah. good sense of, you know, if this person's okay or not. So I was just like, look, if I go missing, it was whoever I sat by on this plane, on this flight number. So, you know, you, they'll have his information, I'm sure, <laughs> if I go missing. But, you know, let's just, I'm going to do this. And and I did. I, I went and it was one of the most phenomenal experiences to volunteer for Soup Van. Um, with Bobby, whose last name I still don't know, but I, <laughs> we're, still <laughs> we're still friends on Instagram. But we um, we made sandwiches and we packaged them up and we took them over to a men's shelter and then an apartment building and then to a park. And we made these three stops and we delivered and we got to connect with people. And I don't know, it was it was a beautiful, you know, thing to see his community and what he does as a member of the community every mm. week. Um, him and mm. his friends at Sudan do that. And I just thought they were so amazing to allow me to come along and to participate in that sort of wonderful thing that occurs. So, yeah, wow. still one of my best memories. That's fantastic. And even though you were coming over here to speak at a conference, that, that had to trump that. <laughs> I skipped the happy hour. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm going to skip the happy hour and I'm going to go volunteer for Sudan. And, you know, it was just so much I, as grateful as I always am to be invited to speak at conferences and to meet the attendees and delegates and the other speakers, this particular experience was so much more profound and gave me another view of the city that I would not have yeah. otherwise had. And I, I really am grateful for that. Yeah, and I think that's part of it too, isn't it? When I go to other places around the world, I, I don't want to do the touristy things. You know, I want to see, I want to be part of the culture yeah. and, and hang out with locals and see what do you do and how does this feel, you know, to, to really experience that that place, whatever it is. Yeah, yes. I agree. Well, I got to say, if you ever come back to Las Vegas, let's do an un-Vegas Vegas because I know... <laughs> Let's most do it. Vegas, yeah. <laughs> Vegas experiences don't stray too far off that strip. <laughs> but I live nowhere near the strip, and I can show you a few wonderful things that you would be amazed are near here within thirty to forty-five minutes of the strip. Right. So, yeah. Well, well, you're on. Okay, you're on. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to see the non-Vegas Vegas. Yep. Yes. That's all awesome. right. You you make sure you remember you promised that because look I out. Will. <laughs> I will. 
Oh, fantastic. Hey, and when you come back to Australia, I'll show you Gippsland and I'll show you where all the cows live, okay? Oh, I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> awesome, we're on. Uh, well, um, I want to talk about, well, of course, this. you know, I got you on this podcast because I was, uh, you know, flicking through Facebook as we do, you know, mindlessly scrolling and... Um, you know, when you see something fantastic, you kind of like, yeah. a smile comes on your face without you even realising you're smiling until your face starts hurting because we don't smile <laughs> enough, you know. And I saw your, uh, you know, a, a thing on power of positivity and it was a, a clip on you and, well, on picture this clothing, which we're going to talk about. And, oh, I was beaming, you know, my cheeks were hurting from smiling mm. so much and I thought, wow, I love this, you know, and, and I'm a bit of a kid, you know, I love all the um, kiddie stuff and I'm always got my colours out and, you know, colouring pencils and God knows what. Oh, I and that. I loved it so much. And I thought, right, I've got to contact you. So this, so for everyone, we're going to get right into this story in a second, but this is brilliant. And, and just, you know, some it's honestly, everything is, the only restriction is our own imagination because anything can be done. It's just whether you want to put your imagination into practice, but this is what Jamie and Ken have done. And wow. So, um, I guess I'm going to hand it over to you. Just tell us about the story that led to picture this clothing. I mean, yeah, tell us about your, your, um, you know, your, your corporate life and all that sort of stuff as much as you want and just sort of lead into how it all happened. I kind of gave a bit in the intro, but Let's hear it from you. Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you for um, inviting me to share a story because I I do think, you know, sometimes you see these things and really kind of understanding the origin story behind things can make it so much more meaningful to know kind of the the people that, um, anyway, that are there. So thank you for this opportunity to share our story. My Um, pleasure. It kind of goes back, like, for me, you know, yes, as you explained, I was in the corporate world. I worked in tech for uh, about 15 years, which is a good chunk of my adult life from the time I graduated college in 1998. And I'm not shy about my age at all. I'm 45 years old right now. But in 1998, I graduated from college and I went immediately into computers. My degree was in metal sculpture, but I knew I needed to figure out how to make a job. So I actually taught myself how to code websites and design them. And that led me on a career, um, a very heart, you know, following my heart based career um, into doing stuff that I loved. And I just, you know, became a a better designer over year after year and um, job opportunities opened up the more I was excited to do this work, the more opportunities kind of presented themselves. And eventually, this is like 15 years later, I found myself, um, I was a director of user experience for a mobile app development company. They were Seattle based, but they did work uh, for companies like Apple and, you know, um, yeah, a lot of top secret things we couldn't talk about, but yeah. So we got to work with really, you know, high-end companies. Um, prior to that, I've actually been a partner in my own animation and interactive shop. Um, and I've worked at Zappos. Um, they were a client of ours at the animation shop. And so just kind of running, you know, quickly to, to give some highlights. But, you know, at Zappos, I had led the, the team that built the first mobile apps for Zappos. Um, the first wow. iPad, iPhone, and Android applications. And that was actually how I... I kind of created a relationship with Apple. 
through those projects and um, yeah, I was able to continue doing various projects through this other company. When I left Zappos, I was going to just work for myself because I wanted to own my time again. And I guess this is where it starts to unfold a little, right? Um, is that Zappos was 2009 to 2011. And um, when I joined Zappos, we had just come out of the 2008 kind of financial crisis um, here. I don't know if that was all over the place or if that was just oh, in the yeah. United States. But no, it was here it too. Was, yeah. yeah, It was bad, right? And so yeah. this company that I was uh, a partner in, the animation shop, um, we had to close our doors and it was really hard because this was a company that, you know, I, I helped grow um, and I worked with people I loved working with. I loved the projects. And, um, and here we were faced with this financial crisis where we couldn't keep our doors open more and more. Our clients were advertising agencies and they were starting to, you know, bring, build their own in-house web teams and stuff like that. Mm. And so we were kind of just, um, we were struggling. We were really struggling. And so just to kind of lay the land of um, 2009 for me, I was pregnant with my second child. So I had her in February of 2009. Um, I actually, we closed our company in March. In April, I filed for a divorce. I had been married for 14 years and we just knew with this second one, it was time to go our second baby that it was time to go our separate ways we were just not it wasn't healthy for either of us anymore and mm. with two kids we had a, a almost four-year-old at the time and then Zia was uh, born so Sophia was three and Zia was just born and we decided to file for divorce and then um, so closed the company filed for divorce started work at Zappos um, they offered me a position when I let them know we were closing our company they had been a client um, and they were like, hey, you should come work here. So I, I joined there. It seemed like a great idea. Big, stable company. Um, and then went through training, which was really hard. We had an, a, you know, a newborn at home. They're yeah. legendary Zappos training. Um, great experience. But yeah, really, really tough um, emotionally to kind of go through all that. Um, let's yeah. see what else happened in 2009. My sister was also going through a divorce. So when my ex-husband moved out she moved in with her two boys with me and my two girls so that was kind of crazy um and my dad who had been a vietnam veteran and you know a lot of ptsd throughout his lifetime um a lot of experience with him in and out of mental care facilities um had to be readmitted into a mental care facility and later in the year so 2009 was just like this year of wow. everything blowing up it just felt like i couldn't catch a break a little bit like 2020 this year right i was gonna say it makes 2020 look look a little bit um you know <laughs> like, uh, 2020 like baby. brought on its fair share but for me 2009 was my you know like I felt like if I could get through 2009, I can survive anything. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so you're I, thriving yeah. now. Yeah. 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 Right. Like 2020 has <laughs> come along and it's been blow after blow right along with everybody else. But I got to tell you, my chin is up. So that was kind of 2009. And then 2010 was focused on just kind of, you know, trying to stabilize, be a good mom. I was driving an hour to and from zappos every day i had to hire somebody to watch my little girls while i was driving you know so i'd have basically mm. our 
she was a 19 year old who didn't charge me too much. I could just afford her, you know? And, uh, so yeah, she was there from 7am to 7pm with my girls while I was driving to working and then driving home from work. I had just enough time to get home, um, you know, read stories, do baths and tuck them in bed and start all over again every day, every day. And it was just, it was pretty grinding. And so by the time I hit 2011, um, you know, I'd done some pretty, um, notable work. I had the great opportunities at Zappos, worked with some great people. My main projects at Zappos were number one, overhauling the look and feel of the Zappos.com website in 2009, 2010, um, which is a big deal. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and then my next project, you know, building um, an internal design team because that didn't actually exist, a web team. Um, they had, you know, web developers and they had an in-house creative services, but that was not a web design team. So I was able to build a web design team there, um, after the redesign to kind of support everything we built there. And then my next, um, role was the first mobile apps at Zappos. And, um, you know, those were, we, we did a really good job. We did a really good job. I will say, um, great team again, not just me, but it was really, really a great team. So by 2011, we built the iPad, the iPhone, and the Android apps for Zappos. And I was really feeling heavy about how much time I wasn't spending with my girls. I wanted mm-hmm. to work for myself again. I wanted to own my time. So I resigned from Zappos. And I got to tell you, like I, I had, I think, maybe three months of savings in the bank. I had a mortgage. I had two young daughters, you know, that I wow. was supporting, and um, so you know, things were scary. But I just knew that I wasn't where I needed to be. I needed to own my time again. And after a couple months, I actually ended up getting this offer from a company called Black Pixel in Seattle, and that's the mobile app development company that I mentioned earlier. And my role with them as a user, they offered me user experience director role working from home. So it was remote. And this is in 2011 before we all had to re- work remotely. Um, yep. And, you know, so I, I felt like that really met what I was trying to accomplish um, at mm. that time. So the, the salary was great. The benefits were great that I could work from home and, you know, be present for my girls. I was saving two hours of commute time a day. So that's time I got mm. to make breakfast with my girls, make dinner for my girls, you know, do those things. And yeah meaningful things drive drive to school and do school drop-offs and pickups and go to their special shows and events and you know dance (laughs) presentations and all of those things so it meant a lot to me to to be able to embrace that so everything's kind of going along going fine and then in 2012 um my dad actually my dad um so boy this is try to try to finesse my way into this one all right so In 2012, April 9th, 2012, my dad left my house on that morning to go home, which was about a two hour. He lived in rural Nevada, two hour drive. Um, He's a motorcycle guy, retired, uh, but he left my house to go to his house and he didn't make it that day. He uh, his motorcycle was intercepted by another vehicle and he didn't make it. He didn't survive. And that loss really knocked me off my game. And the interesting thing about it, and maybe interesting isn't the best choice of words, but as I kind of worked through the loss, this loss of my dad, I really thought that 
because I was experienced with loss, um, previous losses in my life, I thought that I would be able to handle this very sensibly and very quickly. So, you know, I was working um, with a pretty big name client through Black Pixel and um, we were right in the middle of a project and I liked the client, I liked the work we were doing well enough. (laughs) (laughs) But um, when I lost my dad, it really caused me to think about the work I was doing and how it felt to me. Did it mean anything to me? Was this what I wanted to, you know, if, if I died tomorrow, was I proud of what I was doing? And while I liked the clients and I, I don't, you know, would never say anything negative about the kind of work, it really wasn't meaningful work for yeah. me personally. And so I just started to drift further and further away from my love for what I was doing. And I thought that, again, with the losses that I had dealt with prior, number one, being um, my mom. So I always thought, you know, I love what I do. I built my whole career on loving what I do. And the reason for that is because my parents taught me um, when I was 11 years old, we lost our brother. I have a little sister as well. She's four years younger. So my 15 year old brother was, was killed in a car accident when I was 11. And our parents really taught us like, like, let this be, you know, this is, we'll, we'll grieve together. We'll work through this together, but let this be an example to you that life is very short. And it is mm. so important for you to follow your heart and to do things that matter to you. And I, yeah. and I really feel like I followed my heart in, you know, being an artist and a designer and, you know, kind of building out this web career. And I, and I actually feel like nothing validated that I had been on the right path more than in the year 2002, my mom passed away very suddenly. So, mm. you know, age 11, I lose my brother. Um, <laughs> Several years later, I'm 27 years old when my mom passes away. And um, and the thing that saved me at that time, I felt, was my work and how much I loved the work I was doing. I was doing work I loved. I didn't have kids at the time. And I feel like my work, I could pour all of my pain and emotion and sadness into this work. And it made my work better. It made my work more meaningful. And I loved it. And I couldn't get enough of it. And it really gave me some sanity at a time of pain and grieving and help me work through that loss. So there's two losses that I work through in kind of two different ways. Um, one with the help of my parents and then one kind of with my work. And then when I lost my dad, I really thought I could lean on my work. But for whatever reason, it was just different this time. It was that my work and where I was in life. I now had two daughters. Um, I was 37. It was 10 years later after the loss of my mom. Um, I was just in a different place, you know, every decade or so we, we're in a different place. We find ourselves in different places. And this was just a really important check-in, I think, for me to say, you know, don't forget life is really short. Do you really love what you're doing? And it really caused me to go introspective. And I spent about eight months um, trying to figure out how to work through it and just keep doing what I was doing. But I realized around January of 2013, so almost a full year later, that I just couldn't do it anymore. Couldn't do it. Mm. This was, you know, you mentioned um, early in the, in the intros, like sometimes we find ourselves in a career, you know, I was 37 years old. This was the only work I'd ever known. I've built this entire career, 15 year career, being a really good designer. I've built up a, you know, a bit of a reputation really good. I can make a great income. 
I'm a, you know, an independent mom at this point. I did have a boyfriend by that time. Um, but yeah, you know, I, and, and my boyfriend was Ken, who again, we'll bring up again in a, a little bit, but, um, you know, I just, it was a different time in my life and I really processed it very differently. And so this time I decided that, um, you know, after a conversation with my dear friend, Stefan, I said, I got to figure out what's next. And he said, well, you know, it's not about what's next. It's about what's important. And those were the words, like mm. magic words that I needed to hear at that moment as I was yeah. kind of trying to figure out how to approach this. And those words sent me on the path of, of like, I'm going to design my life as if it's the product. Like I, I've got, that's the only thing I know. I know how to make good products. So if I can just apply that approach, that formula, because there is a formula, <laughs> if mm. I can just apply, apply that to my life, maybe I can make it what I want it to be, whatever that is, even though I don't have a really clear end goal here. I just know, um, you know, with a, des with a design project, with a product, one of the first things you're going to do is, is find your design principles. And those design principles are kind of like core values, but for a yeah. product, right? So core values are the thing that drive you. you. You should be able to ask yourself any question about, you know, I'm, are, you're going to add this to a product, are you going to add that to a product, and you can weigh it against your design principles. If it aligns, great. You fold it in, you put it on the, you know, next sprint or whatever. If it doesn't align with those those design principles, you get it out of here. It doesn't belong. Mm. And so I used, um, I developed what I, I call my, my core, core values, basically, but I call it my compass of intention, where I just said, what is important to me right now in this mm. moment? And those, you know, I came up with like a list, you know, examples, um, be the best mom I can be, be the best girlfriend I can be, do things that scare me, do things with people I love, working on things I love. Like don't yeah. make, you know, make more space in my life. That was another one. Um, and that is really about owning my time. I just wanted to own my time, make decisions. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that, um, that's where, that's where I went. That's where I started. And, um, by doing that and kind of, you know, working my way through this, it wasn't instant, you know, that was, I, I think I gave notice to the company that I was working remotely for in uh, early April, that the end of April would be my last day. And starting May of 2013, that began my journey. And I didn't, you know, people kept saying, well, what's next? Where are you going? And I, I didn't have a what's next. What I did have is I had saved about eight months worth of um, savings, like just to survive, you know, I yeah, yeah. kind of balanced everything out after 2009 and 2010. My work at Zappos fortunately allowed me, I don't live a very, um, you know, extravagant lifestyle or anything. So what I was able to make and save um, allowed me freedom. I really think, you know, it, it, I had freedom in, mm, yeah. in, by way of about eight months of savings and yeah. no debt. Um, the debt that I did have, I was able to pay off and um, just by being responsible. So yeah, that's, that's where I was. And I decided I would give notice. And when people would ask me what was next, I said, I don't know. I'm just going to write for a while. Writing is something I love. It was something I wanted to do. And I had already been speaking, doing a lot of public speaking in the tech sector, um, you know, and for web and mobile applications on helping developers and designers build empathy into their products. So how to connect emotionally 
um, the product between the product maker and the product end user. So that was always my my thing there from about 2012 to about 2015. Um, I, I spoke on that topic. And um, as I was going through this process of redesigning my life and working through what I would call like the ultimate burnout and maybe depression fueled burnout, um, mm. I, I ended up just kind of documenting my way through it out loud through blog and um, and yeah, and people wanted to know my story. So I was invited to England to do a talk on anything that I wanted um, to a group oh, of wow. iOS developers. And I said to the conference organizer, I said, you know, I've been working through burnout. Can I talk about burnout? And he said, absolutely. So Scotty, thank you. Um, <laughs> I want to say thank you because allowing me that platform to speak about something that at the time in 2015, not a lot of people were talking about burnout very openly, at least in tech. And so I explained my story because by this time I had been working through things and I had found myself sharing my story and teaching people the tools that I was using to redesign my life because I was finding that I was like, wow, suddenly I'm, I'm able to teach others. So I did like coaching certification to kind of validate that. Um, so I know what I was doing a little bit more formally, but, um, so it's just, I, I shared my story there. And when I shared my story, it was called through burnout and back again, I believe was the talk that I did in 2015. And, um, it opened the door to even more coaching. And, um, so that was how I started to sustain myself really is through coaching. And, you know, I had done other things, you know, I had like eight months of survival. And I think after three months, I got like a freelance gig doing writing, just writing, um, wow. copywriting, doing all kinds of writing. And so, yeah, just kind of, you know, making little bits of income here and there doing things that meant something to me that aligned with my compass of intention. And mm. um, over time, that evolved into a really solid coaching career. And it allowed me to own my time, which was key. And so owning my time, I was able to, um, you know, like spend more time with my girls, be a more present mother. And that is how we segue into the big question. Where did all this come from with pictures of clothing? So <laughs> yeah, but the rest is very interesting. It really, wow. you know, it's, it's funny because. <clears throat> and significant. Yeah. It's like when you see something goes viral and, you know, people always go, oh, it just happened like that. But there's so much more to it. Nothing is ever mm. overnight success, right? I mean, yeah. this is, it's, it was a long, long time and there was a lot of experience and background and, you know, and, and. So Ken and I started dating, I don't even remember when, but I want to say around 2011 or 2012. Um, I remember he had not yet met my dad when my dad passed away. So it was still fairly new then. But, um, you know, but he was there for me. Like he came over immediately. I called, you know, called and I was like, my dad didn't make it home. And, and he was there. But okay, so let's get into this. So I, um, I was able to um, have more time. And so my girls were, it's like December, I want to say 2014, um, December, Zia was just about seven. She turned seven in, you know, February, her birthday's in February. This was a Christmas break. They're home from school in December. And um, she draws this drawing of a dress and she brings it to me. And I had just finished my last coaching session for the day. And I was like, you know, I look at the drawing and I said, you know, I bet we could make this. Like I have a sewing machine. I have like basic you know, sewing 101 level skills. And 
I was like, yeah, this is just a bunch of color stripes. Do you want to make this? Let's go to the fabric store. She's like, yeah. So we go to the fabric store and then we take the drawing. I let her pick out whatever fabric she wants. You know, we go each color by color to pick out the fabric. And she, you know, finds these like lycra, shiny, mermaidy sorts of fabrics. <laughs> They're fantastic and colorful to match her rainbow dress that she drew. And we go home and I spent about across the next three days, I had to kind of weave it in between coaching sessions and ordinary life, of course. Yeah. But I spent about 12 hours across the next three days constructing this sort of, you know, poorly constructed dress based on her drawing. <laughs> but at the end, I hadn't finished the collar or the hem. And I, I was like, come here for a second. Let me put this on you because I need to, you know, just see how we're how we're doing. Check in, make sure it's all right. <laughs> but I put it on her and she goes, oh, I'm wearing my imagination. And oh, my oh. gosh, I have to tell you, like, I got goosebumps. Like, it was just oh, it was just this magical moment that as a parent, like, that is exactly, you know, like the example of this is why I wanted to own my time moments like this it's just it's a moment that's fleeting but like here it is and now it's gone but there it was and it's a memory I'll have forever and that was just the coolest moment right but she doesn't want me to finish the dress she's ready to go play and you know just wear this dress and she wears it let me tell you for like three months she does not (laughs) want to take this dress off I have to peel it off her body to wash it so she's not (laughs) gross and like she just wears it everywhere and everywhere we go she is like beaming right and people say like where did you get this dress this dress is amazing she's like i designed it with my imagination i designed it with my mind and you know people are just like that's so great that's so cool um you know she's like there's no no others like it in the whole world (laughs) she's she's like seven years old and she's just the proudest that she can be about this thing that she made you know that she designed and um after a few months of getting these constant compliments everywhere we go, every time we go somewhere because she's always wearing it, Ken says to me, he's like, he's like, you know, I think you've got something here. Like, this is a really cool thing. He's like, if if other parents could experience what you experienced when she said, I'm wearing my imagination, like that moment of magic. But then also if little kids could experience what she experiences every time she wears this dress, like how Mm. cool would that be to share that experience? And I was just like, man, that'd be amazing. You know, but I can tell you right now, I'm not doing this for other kids. Like, do you know how hard (laughs) it was? (laughs) And we did, you know, we did like the logical thing where we ran some numbers and kind of put like a little rough business outline together and, and we ha- we ended up shelving it, you know, with, with the way that I had done her first dress where I literally recreated her drawing from scratch, you know, patterned it out, made it with pieces of fabric and then all of that. Yeah. It would have taken, you know, we were like, man, we would have to charge like two or three hundred dollars a dress <laughs> just to make any profit off of it. And then we probably yeah. have to outsource the construction because there's no way I can keep up if people really wanted these. If it, you know, anyway, we shelved yeah. the idea. But after about three months of it kind of simmering in Ken's brain, he 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 like, I don't know, we hadn't really talked about it in a while. And then kind of suddenly one day he's like, you know, you know, the, the dress idea, he goes, what if instead of recreating it like you did for Zia's dress, what if it were more simple than that? What if they just wore the actual drawing? And I was like, well, what do you mean? How do you do that? And he's like, well, you know, you can use sublimation printing to print exact artwork, like photographs and stuff. You can get photo real 
prints mm. done. There's no reason we couldn't do this. And just maybe, you know, if the kid colors on something that they're familiar with, like we make a coloring book page that they're, they'll understand. And then we just make it like what they, what they create is what they get. And that's what they wear. And I was like, oh my gosh, now that wow. is something. So the, mm. the concept as simplified by Ken was you print out a coloring sheet from a website you design that, you color it any way you can imagine. A parent can take a smartphone photo of it, upload it back to the website, and we will send it back ready to wear. Bam. That's the idea. Wow. So when once he, you know, kind of articulated that, we knew we had to pursue the idea. We all had, you know, I'll say we all had day jobs. Um, Ken was working on a, a mobile app called Narwhal, which is a Reddit reader for iOS. And um, so that was an independent project between him and another guy. And so that was his, you know, sort of full-time gig at the time. And um, mine was, I, I actually had a coaching, a corporate coaching client where I was um, an interim COO at the time. So I was doing basically a full-time job there, but at, on contract. And um, yeah, so that in addition to other, you know, various coaching engagements and so we did our day work and we did this as a side hustle and we pulled in our friend Stefan, Stefan, who I mentioned earlier as yeah, the, yeah. it's not what's next, it's, or it's what's important. Yeah. And then Ignacio, um, Ignacio had been a designer with me over at Zappos on the first design team that I built over at Zappos. So he had since left and created his own company called Menno Design. And he was doing, you know, freelance web and mobile app design stuff. And we were like, hey, would you have any interest in creating just basically a proof of concept website for us where we could do this, 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 and this. We kind of outlined the specs. And he's like, sure, as long as I can do it, you know, outside paid work, I'm fine doing it in exchange for equity. That's great. And we love Ignacio. We call him Iggy. And I try to say Ignacio because that's his real name. Anyway, so... <laughs> we love Iggy. We uh, we did a great exchange there. But let's say it took us about so while he worked on the website, you know, Ken and, and Ignacio worked on the website, the branding, we worked, we all collaborated on the interface and kind of simplifying it down. I took photos, we worked on uh, prototypes, Ken and I worked on prototypes, Stefan found um, who would make our prototypes for us. Um, if we actually got orders and so that we could test and, you know, test this idea out. But basically, we spent about 10 months worth of time, um, you know, a lot of a lot of hours. I don't want to oversimplify it, but it took us about 10 months to get that website ready, to get our proof of concept ready. So that, and then we had five friends test it, um, yeah. five friends with little kids. We said, hey, here's a little coupon code. Go to this website, follow the instructions. Let us know if you have any trouble, like place an actual order. And so they yeah. did. We received the orders. We took them to um, the the manufacturer that we found um, was actually located in Las Vegas. So we looked all over the world for a manufacturer who could do one-offs and prototypes and tests for us of exactly what we wanted. Um, and we found somebody 15 minutes from our house of wow. all the crazy, <laughs> amazing things, right? Yeah. So, um, and he was like, great. He was like, if you get orders, I'm happy to fulfill them. And it's a cut and sew shop. So everything is like printed to flat fabric. It's hand cut and then assembled. And that's really good. And I can explain that a little bit later if necessary, but like why that's important for sublimation. 
but um but that's what we did and it was just a good quality product we picked a fabric i you know tested fabrics for uh quite a long time lots of different fabrics until i found one i'm accustomed to you know like i like my my nordstrom t-shirts and like really soft fabric and i'm like i want something that i would wear and so we found a really nice fabric and we found some you know that printed beautifully and that could be assembled quickly and anyway so we did all that stuff and then when we were ready we did the tests and we had a little bit of feedback on sizing we made some adjustments and then that was it like there was nothing else left to do than share it with the world we had this idea we created a proof of concept as low cost as possible and then we were ready and so the only way we knew how to share anything was from you know like our social media accounts so i did the first post that way ken and i had the most followers i think i had like five or six thousand followers at the time maybe and on twitter and so i had the most followers so we decided i would post the first tweet and then they could retweet it right and so I put the tweet together. It says, hey, check out this thing some friends and I made with a link to picturethisclothing.com, which automatically generated like the thumbnail from the page, which was a picture of Zia wearing her dress and holding the piece of paper. And I think that, you know, those pictures are still on the website, but we launched with only dresses um, and we did it because it was a proof of concept. We didn't know if people would actually, you know, go to a computer, yeah, print yeah. out a piece of paper design it then come back to actually place an order like you know it was all just seeing if it would work but once we got it ready we did that we did the tweet it was i can remember the time now because um because it went viral no it's it was 6 22 a.m on august 17th of 2016. so that morning i posted this tweet and we just sent it out into the world and then you know ken retweeted and we posted it on our facebooks and, and whatnot and Anyway, by the uh, end of the night, we noticed that the website had crashed like around five o'clock that evening. We we're like, oh, my gosh, the website's down. What's going on? And we had kind of checked on it. We hadn't received any orders or anything, but we'd kind of checked in on it and whatnot. We got a lot of great feedback from friends. But yeah. then um, through a little sleuthing, we just we discovered that uh, TechCrunch had done a write up on us the same day, the same day that we launched it. And um, the article was very cool and very complimentary. And it sent a lot of traffic to our site and it crashed our site. So we, you know, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then from that moment, um, you know, it wasn't like orders started pouring in immediately. Again, this is like one of those things that we were trying to test. People have to print something out, go away and design it. Like, it's not like you just instantly order something here. Right. Mm, um, yeah. And so you go away, you let your kid design it and then you come back and upload that photo, you know? And so, we were just like, uh, so for the first three or four days, we really, we got like one or two orders and we were like, that's really cool. But meanwhile, the stuff that was happening on the internet was insane. So like the first day it was the TechCrunch write up. The second day we were featured on a product hunt, which is kind of a big deal here in tech. Um, yeah. And then the next day, um, Disney, Disney used to have a parenting blog called babble.com. It's since been folded into just the Disney brand, but it used to be called babble.com and they reached out, they had seen the TechCrunch article, they reached out, did an interview. They posted it about three or four days later. Meanwhile, another, like a news outlet called Now This had reached out to do a, like a Skype interview. And yeah, yeah. Um, so they did a Skype interview on Saturday and then Sunday there was, you know, 
just every day, every day there was something new. Wow. And the, when the battle.com article went live that Wednesday, like so one full week from when we launched it, it went live. And then from there, Huffington Post picked it up and Scary wow. Mommy and Board Panda and, you know, just like all these like mommy blogs and stuff started picking it up and doing an article on it. And then, then the now this video went live. Um, and I, it was, you know, a few weeks later, they had edited this really nice video together. They used all these photos from our website and the process and other stuff that they had interview clips with me. And um, it went live. It got, it got 3 million views in the first like 18 hours. And then it kind of maxed out at 40 million wow. views. Wow. But yeah, 40 million views. We were just like, what? And that's <laughs> when we saw the orders. We did like $10,000 in one day worth of sales. Wow. And we were just like, okay, concept proven. <laughs> so, wow. So, yeah. so that happened. And that really let us know that there was a market for this. Um, it's not just us that thinks it's cool, but um, there's a market. There's a real market for this. So let's uh, run with it. And, you know, within a month, I was getting like 200 emails a day with questions and comments wow. and fielding social media because it was <sighs> everywhere. And, you know, one of the things I think that we had done right when we launched it is I we launched the website I posted the the tweet about it but then we also did a blog post on the idea how it was formed you know and with a link to that and you know just like giving people photos information and all of that stuff we had prepared mm. um before that but you know we didn't go to great lengths to actually form a business or or you know put money into that until we had a proven concept so by the time we hit October, it was time to formalize things and turn it into a real business. By November, I had to close out my coaching uh, coaching engagements in full so that I could focus on this full time. And I have been doing it full time ever since. Go on. Well, a couple of things I've got to say is your capacity to to remember dates is phenomenal because <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember birthdays. Oh, man. <laughs> Let alone all these months you've been reeling off, but that's in that's incredible, isn't it? And I think it's um, you know, you mentioned before about um, you know that that how all these steps in your past, yeah. you know, they actually led to where you were getting to today. Yes. You know? And I think that we often overlook that, don't we? We kind of um, we don't really join the dots, but in fact, everything we do through our life is just building and building and building to 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 moments of you know, special yes. moments or as your friend says, important things, you know. Yes. Oh, yes. I think that is bloody fascinating. And it's, um. so you said you started off with dresses, but now I know that you've, you've moved into other clothes and particularly T-shirts because I'm a T-shirt kind yeah. of gal, you know. Yeah. So so for me, because there's going to be people listening to this that say, wow, this sounds really <laughs> cool. Like I'm an adult, but I don't, I wouldn't mind a mermaid T-shirt, you know, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so, you could be anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to be a super hero so so you just go to picture this.com and you and you print out a um a template picture this clothing.com and i think picture this com was actually taken by it and we we have tried to buy that domain <laughs> we actually own the trademark picture this um but this domain it's a, like a photography anyway picture this clothing.com and then you go to products and you choose whichever one so we've added multiple products Yes, we launched with just dresses. We were accused of hating boys and being sexist, which we are not. It was just oh, a proof boy. of concept. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. fun. It's wild. 
but um so you, you choose the product that you want there's um t-shirts there's leggings we do face coverings like a neck gaiter we do beanies now and we have gift certificates which um are a huge portion of our sales like grandmothers yeah. aunts uncles everybody loves gifting this it's like the most amazing gift <laughs> so, yeah and then what happens like you you, you print you print out the um, template and you colour it in, you know, spend all your time designing your design, yeah, and then take a photo with your phone and then upload it back onto your website. That's it. And that's how you place the order. And when you when you upload it, you'll, you know, we'll walk you through a process like here are some great photo guidelines and, you know, that's where you choose the size. A lot of times people will be like, oh, my gosh, we printed these templates last year. It was a size 8. I needed 10 now you know, what do we do? The eight was designed. It's okay. You can do, you can do that. <laughs> you can upload a template for a size eight and we can create it in a 10. We actually do a lot of like matching designs, like mother daughter matching, or we actually offer an 18 inch doll size as well, a matching add on. So, and we do matching scrunchies. So yeah, anyway, there's all these like matching things that you can do. Um, size, you just choose that when you upload it, it'll walk you through the process. And a really cool feature is that every template has at the bottom a little line that says designed by, and you sign your name there and it gets printed in the hem of your dress or t-shirt or in the, the waistband of your leggings. <laughs> so oh, it's, it's cool. a really special, it's, you know, it's a, it's a keepsake, it's a memory and, mm. and more than a dress or a t-shirt, it's the experience of creating. Yeah. And, you know, and like you talked about earlier, um, you said, you know, like often we have these ideas and they just sit in our head or we don't actually follow through. I feel like in a, in a way, picture this clothing can kind of teach that value to kids mm. of not just having an idea, but getting it out on paper and bringing it to real life, right? Like, so the parent, with the parent's help, they upload that smartphone photo of the design and then they get it in the mail. You know, it comes in this little package. We put a lot of thought and care into those little packages and um, it comes in the package and they open it and they're just like, what? This is the thing that I made and now I'm holding it in my hands. It's real, <laughs> it's tangible. And it kind of closes that, you know, the loop on that idea. Once it was just an idea in their yeah. head, yeah. now they're holding it, they're wearing it. And it's, yeah. it, I, to me, that's such a cool value, you know, something I want my girls to do all the time. And um, oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Um, I remember watching that video and there was little um, snippets of other kids, you know, opening their yes. parcels and they'll look on their faces like, wow, you know, this, yes. I can't believe this. And that I think, you know, that was just, that made me smile so much. It's like, wow, these kids are just ecstatic, you know, with their with their thing. But I love you. What, what you're saying is, is exactly my concept of get off the bench is it get it out of your head onto paper and into action. And those three steps, those three steps are magical, you know, and they're, but yeah. they're so simple. They're so easy. And it's, um, well, I love it. I absolutely love it. Do you ship, um, you know, worldwide or is it just America? We sure do. We sure do. And actually Australia is like our second largest um, customer base. We ship to a lot to Australia. I think one thing to note is that they're, depending on where you're at, what country you're in, um, there are often customs or duty, VAT, taxes due. Yeah. So that's a thing and that's a separate cost altogether. But we have a flat international, um, you know, everything is made here in the USA. 
Um, but we do, we have a flat international shipping rate of 15 US dollars and we ship all over the world, anywhere USPS delivers. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, come on, guys. Let's. Let's. I'm going to. I'm going to design my own T-shirt. I can't. I can't wait. Actually. That's, oh, and I don't is... know if you post show notes or anything, but yeah. I'll give you yeah. a code to post in your show notes for a discount for twenty percent off of any order. Oh, and, fantastic. Um, we can make it get off the bench. How about that? Oh, that sounds awesome. There you go, guys. Whoa. Oh, this, no, it's fantastic. Magic code. <laughs> Magic code. So this makes me like I'm, I'm 57, right? And this this yeah. just brings me to life. It, it makes me smile. It makes me giggly like a little kid. You know, it's like exciting. So do you find that it, it does, has that effect on a lot of adults, you know, that they suddenly access their inner child and think, woohoo? Yeah, you know, I find that the adults that appreciate it um really get into it and get excited we have uh, you know i have to say return customers like we have artists that have come to us over and over with their ideas even for me i have to say it's been an excuse to just get <laughs> creative again i have created designs out of play-doh out of plastic spoons out of food peanut butter and jelly i mean like if you can imagine it we've probably either seen it or done it and i'm always excited to see things we've never thought of before. We've done science experiments turned into clothing, um, you know, just seriously, anything you can, you can use it as an educational tool. We have a lot of schools reach out to us um, to do, you know, either to participate in, um, you know, they'll create a thing for their class, like a science experiment and then give away a, a shirt or, or a dress, you know, of whatever it is they made and, and stuff wow. like that. So it's really cool to see summer camps that get involved, do summer camp themes around it. It's just really been amazing to see Girl Scouts, you know, everything um, wow. like that. So it's amazing what people have shown us is possible with, you know, what we initially thought of as just kind of crayons and markers, but you can use anything 3D, anything you can take a photograph of with a good mm -hmm. lighting, you know, it's going to look like the photo you take. So take a good photo. But if you send us a good photo, you're going to get a great product. <laughs> so. oh, that, and that's going to be pretty important, isn't it, too? You know, making sure the photo's right. Because if it's if yeah. it's blurry and you're you're a bit slack, you know, I can't be bothered and you take it in a dingy room, that's, that's what yeah. you're going to get back. So you, you, you yeah. do need to be. I think it, we had a, an artist, an Australian artist called Ken Doan years ago, you know. and But he's um he used to just uh, have a big canvas on the floor and he would just – throw paint on it and then th and slide himself through it you know yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. it was really really messy but um really vibrant art and when you're talking about you know uh you know using all things like you could couldn't you get your peanut butter and well we call it jam you call it jelly you know yeah. like like a rainbow made out of food and you know all that sort of stuff that mm -hmm. that that like made out of berries and then peanut butter and then jam and then vegemite oh you don't have vegemite either but we do and you could have this amazing <laughs> array of 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 items couldn't you just smeared yes. onto this onto this template and it really is. It's your imagination, isn't it? You know, it's... It, it really is. Yeah. Like, there is no limit to what you can do. I mean, we've seen people use, you know, like I was saying, the science experiments. We have a demo with, it's like milk food coloring and dish soap, which is a science experiment where you touch the dish soap on a cotton ball and yeah. then dip it into the milk with the food coloring. And it swirls like a magic swirl. 
and that's our most repeated like tutorial we have a tutorial of it and it's just it's really funny we have a lot of how to's we have tons of examples on our facebook page um and then we also do a weekly giveaway like every week through the year 2020 um when we started in april we're going to run it through the end of the year but every week um on sunday from our facebook page we do a live stream where we give away and we pose a new theme and it's just it's you can get to it from our website as well but yeah i always encourage people to just like get in and create something even if you know if you just want to win a free one we give one away every week um we give a gift certificate away and it doesn't have to be on what you made for the contest it can be anything but enter the contest based on theme and this week's theme is candy corn for example yeah Wow. Oh, I love I love it. Look at listen to you. You're like a kid. This week's theme is candy corn. Woo! I love it. I really do. And I have to say, like like what you were talking about with those videos, right? The the parents will often capture that moment when their kid opens yeah. the package. And that is exactly what we were trying to, you know, when I talked about Zia putting the dress on and saying, I'm wearing my imagination. And then this is that's it for them. The kid opens it and they're like, What? And when we get those videos and we see these smiles, I mean, I would say 95% of our content is your images. You know, our customers send us the photos that that we ask for permission to use and we share those. And um, that's our content. You know, our content is your content, basically. And you share it with us. We share it with the world because it's we're making this magic together, you know, and I love it. It's so rewarding. It's just smiles every day it's nice to wake up and have a smile in my inbox almost every day <laughs> oh how wonderful this really is something about that you know I'm just just thinking as you're talking I remember also watching a a, a little video like I don't know last year it doesn't matter uh, about actually no it was this year it was when all the kids went into lockdown and you know the the um, a lot of kids really needed school you know that big because yes. they lost their connection and there was this one teacher in America somewhere and what she did was she asked all the uh, kids to draw a picture of their teddy bear you know of, 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 a, of, a, of a character like it could have been a little superhero or something but they drew a picture and then she actually made it you know as, as a soft toy and she went around drove around and delivered them to all these kids and they were like that's so sweet what what yeah so it's I think you know this whole bringing your imagination to life is is incredible and I think that a lot of people uh, see it as way harder than it is you know just way harder and I I got this feel I got this you know thing that if, if you can imagine it you can make it that's, that's yeah. the end of it I love that you know and and you know I think it is important to again I like I want to be grateful that you allowed us to share kind of a longer story because I do think often people see you know oh it went viral on the first day but you know, the the team, you know, one of those core values that I had in redesigning my life, it was work with people I love doing work I love, right? And, mm. you know, I work with people like Ken and Ignacio and Stefan, who I've worked with in previous roles and previous jobs, we've all gone on to do work we choose to work on. And, you know, that brought us together. It brought yeah. us together to work together. And we bring great experience and backgrounds. I do think we could have launched it poorly. Um, I think that we did a good job in our execution. And I think that there's a lot to be said for that. But, mm. you know, it, it 
it's um, it wasn't as easy as I think sometimes, you know, you see something in the media and they make it seem so simple, but that history and that background, like the years and years of work mm. that happened before and experience that happens before, mm. it, it feeds into your moment, you know? And I think everybody has that. I think everybody's experience and it all feeds into their, you know, what's important in mm. maybe that moment. Um, but but the realizing the ideas, it's in you. It's all in you already. I think yeah. it's just getting it out. <laughs> uh, I, I agree. I agree so much that I think that we're all genius within, you know, in our own genius for our own gift. And I think that it's in there and it's just, it's a case of we've been suppressed and squashed, you know, all through our lives yes. with beliefs and, and the bloody education system and God knows everything yeah. else has just pushed <laughs> us down and pushed us down and pushed us down to a point where yeah. we're like, we don't believe in ourselves anymore, you know, and we don't believe in our gift. But And, and you know, when you talked about, um, you know, the, the it's not an overnight success and before I touched on, you know, all these points through your life, I think even more relevant is I think that, you know, you you just talked on your experience and how all these experiential points you know add up to when you when you start to do something but it's also what uh, your story you know it's it, th- when you talk about values before and all the things that you really care about and you know designing a life that uh, lines up to what's important to you and when yeah, you you know yeah. your your story's relevant because very relevant in your life because you know, we don't all just have this uh, cruisy life and then suddenly we invent something and it's out there. It's a culmination, right. isn't it? If, you know, you lost your brother, then you lost your mother, then you lost your father. And, and, and all of these points, like, they, they sort of sit parallel to your experience, you know, and, and they all, it all feeds. So your story and your background and all the feelings you go through and the emotions and that sort of stuff is, is just as relevant to where you end up and I'm not saying this is the destination this is still part of the journey but um, that that's just as important sitting side by side as your experience you you know and all that your career and everything else because if it wasn't if you hadn't lost those people and if you hadn't you know um, experienced the time where you couldn't be with your kids all day you you know this might not mean as much to you do you it's very true. It might not have ever happened. Like I may have never made that dress for Zia, you know, the very first one. And yeah. you're so right that, you know, it's our experiences shape who we are and how we digest everything as well. And, mm. and you know, like I have to say, we've, you know, Ken and I have tried ideas and we, we make things and not everything's a great idea. And, you know, this is one that worked out. It's great. Mm. You know, it's like, I think there's no harm in, trying stuff too and you know and I also want to touch on I didn't have a clear plan I didn't ever at at any point say I want to you know make a clothing company or whatever I I think we're more (laughs) of a gift company than a clothing company but just saying I didn't ever have pictured this clothing in mind when I began the journey and it was something that unfolded from the values yeah. And having those values as the compass. And those are the things that guide you. And those might be different for every single person. But if you know what your values are and what's important to you, and you allow those to be your decision making tools, it'll guide you on the path to wherever it is you're supposed to be. I believe that. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting point, too, is that when you said it wasn't in your 
that wasn't in your plans. None of the things I'm doing now were ever in my plans either. You know, yeah. I think that I think that we go through life, um, you know, and particularly through school, you know, we're taught the whole fear thing, you know, don't don't stand yeah. out and, yeah. and make sure you get a house and, you know, get married and have two kids and a white picket fence and a dog, you know, and that sort of stuff. Oh. And then don't ever be without a dog and, um, and without a, well, I actually think that, but don't ever, <laughs> don't ever be without a job, to, you know, um, yeah. make sure that yeah. you, when you leave, make sure that you, so we're, we're at school, we're all, and I'm not criticising every every te- teacher. Like I know some great teachers that struggle within Absolutely. the stupid system, you know. But it's um, it the the point is where we sit down with a careers teacher, you know. Now what do you want to be? And this is at bloody 14, 15 years old. How the hell do you know? Do you know? But now you got to pick something that's going to be secure and that you're going to make money. Do you know? Because you're going to have a mortgage and blah blah blah. One, you don't even know what the hell you want to do at that point, but nobody sits you down and say, what's important to you? You know, what brings you to life? And they're the sort of things that, you you know, anything that we could do, and we always find these beautiful things later in life, you know, they're they're completely kept in a box. You know, we don't even Mm -hmm. know they're in our future because we're so intent on living a life that's, you know, I've got to make money and I've got to pay for this and I've got to do that and I've got to make sure I'm secure. And and some people like you are lucky, you know, that you really loved um, web design, you know, you really loved your tech stuff. So uh, at least you loved your job. But God, there's a lot of people who who hate their job, but they got into it because they were... um, convinced that 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 was secure do you, you know and that's what they should yeah. do so i think that's sad but i still but but there's hope that's the point that i want to get out of this you know is that it, just because that's your situation does not mean that there's not time to go and do your thing it's so true so so true and that's yeah. um you know being kind of a, a tech nerd or whatever kind of a one of those Apple groupies, um, Steve Jobs, <laughs> like I, I can't quote it verbatim, but Steve Jobs, if you were to go to YouTube and just do a search for Steve Jobs poke life, um, there's a like a one minute 47 second clip. And I swear by everything that what he says in that one minute 47 second clip of poke life is like the secret to life. I really wow. believe it. Like, okay. and who's proven it more than Steve Jobs did, you know, that yeah. you can, but yeah, it's, it's really, um, you know, that was, it was one of the things that I kind of, when I was in, you know, designing my life sort of thing, I think I noted that I call myself a, a, a professional experimenter, yeah. but you know, that's, that was me poking life, like um, just poking at things and seeing what would happen. And it was crazy because you know, I left that job um, with no clear plan of what would be next. I just knew I wanted to write because that was something that was important to me and kind of just documenting my experiences. Mm-hmm. And the more I did that, like I started writing and then I was asked to write, like somebody wanted to pay me to write articles, you know, and yeah. I was just like, wow, you know, these things, like I just put things out there that are from the heart and from my soul and, you know, just honest and um, and somehow you know, they, I don't know, they find a home yeah, in a way, yeah. you know, and it's not everything that I do, obviously, but um, it's crazy how things like that can happen. And, you know, some things take years and years and years. You have to build, you know, a library of content before something is relevant or useful in the world. Mm. But um, 
but it, it, the hard work pays off the time yeah. and the, I don't know. Anyway, I had to add that bit in there. No, I think, <laughs> no, no, it's so relevant. And I think it's just the point about, you know, trying things and just, you know, poking life, like just try stuff. Yeah. And, and I've had so many failures, so many failures, you know, but <laughs> does it matter? Yeah, and, that, and that's another thing too. Anyone who's in, for example, you, me, other people, you know, who are actually doing th- things we love, we, we didn't. We didn't just wake up one day and say, oh, I think I'd like to do that and I'll be successful. That doesn't work like that at all. You try no. this and try that and have a go at this and then you bomb out and it's like, ah, oh, damn. And I think if we look at feedback, uh, you know, failure is just feedback. And if this thing doesn't work, just get the feedback, you know, work it out, redirect yeah. to something else and just keep going. And I think the problem is we, we live in a world of um, I fear failure, I fear criticism, I fear rejection, you know, we're just so riddled with that stuff that we don't even allow ourselves the opportunity to try and at the end of my life I want to say I tried I I, I screwed up over and over and over and over but I tried you know because you're lying on your deathbed and you're lying there thinking I didn't even try I can't imagine I can't imagine me either that would be the worst (laughs) wouldn't it 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 really would would. and you know lots I I hate sometimes that you know, like losing my dad was kind of a jarring, like, don't forget, you know, don't forget, like, yeah. you know, this, you've, you've followed your path, but you kind of need to think about it again. Like, you know, yeah. it's, like, don't forget life is short and that you want to do something that means something to you. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't know if picture this clothing is it for me, like it, it could you know, we're in a global pandemic right now. And like right now, it seems to be a great activity for people to do at home, which is great. But, you know, will we last another year? Every year is a question. You know, every year we're like, I don't know, we'll just coast, you know, we'll go as long as we can. We'll go until we can't go anymore. And then we'll figure out what's next, you know, Mm. and what's important. (laughs) That's right. And and it's not hanging on to the fear of, oh, what if we close down? What if we close down? It's about enjoying what you've got right now and just going for it. It's That's it. Yeah, that's uh, exactly it. I love it. Well, God, we've covered so much. I had a heap of questions, but you covered them in all your in all your intro oh, anyway. So, but no that's worries. fantastic. Oh, I know. Oh, I love. I've loved this, but I want to. I want to ask you. You know, so this podcast is about um, inspiring others to chase their dream and you know do the thing that lights them up. And what advice would you give to people who are, well, let's say you know doing a job because they're great at it, you know, and they do like it, but their heart is yearning for something else, even if they don't know what it is. Well, what advice would you give? You know, I am a, a very big advocate for, you know, we talked about poke life and yep. the Steve Jobs, but become a professional experimenter. And to me, that is try things, put them out, you know, get them out of your head and into the world yep. where they will get feedback. And, you know, and it's okay if people like do it for yourself first, but put it out there and don't worry about, you know, you may have five or 30 people looking at your stuff at first, um, but keep going. You know, yeah. it's just like, I, I don't know if that was a very succinct sort of advice, but it's like become a professional, like practice putting stuff out into the world mm. and build up, build up to whatever it is. And like, for me, I didn't know what I wanted. So I was just making things, you know, I was writing little blog posts, one every day for 30 days, giving myself these little challenges. And by doing that, 
I was poking life mm. and it was opening up new doors and new opportunities just by poking life. And yeah. so I would say, I guess my advice is poke life. <laughs> <laughs> and go watch that video. No, you, no, you, watch that video. You're saying it's not very succinct, but it is. It really is. It's just, just have a crack. Just keep trying. Just keep doing yeah. something. And, 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 you know, if you think, oh, I'd like to be a writer, have a go. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Oh, I'd like to be an artist uh, that didn't work. Well, it doesn't matter. Just keep trying stuff because it's, um, yeah, yeah, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Now, where can we find you? Because I screwed up the, um, I screwed up your website earlier. So you better say it properly again this time. <laughs> <laughs> PictureThisClothing.com. Um, if you want to reach me personally, the contact page there is there and I am our customer service. So you will reach Jamie. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. And, and what about Facebook, Insta, you know, all, oh, of those yeah. things? all, of those, all the social media. So, um, both Instagram and Facebook, it's slash picture this clothing, or I think on Instagram it's at picture this clothing, but yeah, our handle is picture this clothing, picture this clothing. We actually don't use Twitter as a company anymore. We kind of, it's still there, but it was like picture this co, you know, but yeah. um, it's just not where our audience is. We have, you know, Facebook mm. is basically where we found our community. Um, we have like 93,000 people over there. Wow. Whereas um, Twitter, I think we ended up with like 600 or something. <laughs> mm. So we just kind of stopped putting energy where it, you know, was more of a, an energy suck. But yeah, anyway, Instagram, Facebook, it's uh, at picture this clothing or slash picture this clothing and yeah, we'd love to connect with y'all. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it is. And it's. I just looked I looked it up before we got on here, you know, making sure I had all uh, all right. So it's all just picture this clothing. And it's just yeah. um, incredible. But go and have a look at that, you know, get get a template and start designing. But I have lo- absolutely loved this. And I've loved that, you know, when you were talking about at the start, oh, you know, I had Huffington Post here and this one there and yeah. Disney and everything. And I'm thinking... Man, I got lucky, didn't I, getting an interview with you? <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. No, I really appreciate it. Like, we really are grateful um, to, to be able to share the full story because I do think often people just see it and there's so much of a story there, you know, and I feel like I wish Ken were not as shy as he is because he has his own path that, you know, merged with mine and yeah. um, his was one of struggle as well. And our paths just joined and here we are. And we're, we actually, I don't know if I mentioned this, we got married in August. We, um, yeah, we got married in August and we just decided that was uh, our next, our next chapter. So yeah. Congratulations. That's beautiful. I love, I love that you said, um, uh, you know that 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 sharing this journey. You know you get these opportunities. You know on podcasts and what have you. And it's it's not about flogging your business, is it? You know it's about no. it's about sharing the joy. You know and 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 yes. having having the opportunity to put sparkles in other people's lives, sparkles and hope. You know in other people's lives, and that that's what's about, yes. isn't it? If that is exactly what it's about. I was going to say when you said download some templates or whatever, I was going to say you don't even have to order anything. The templates are free to download. I love that people print them just to create. Yeah. Uh, like you don't even have to place an order. Print some free templates. Have some fun. Imagine what your design might look like. Get creative. Just spend some time doing it. It's, it's amazing how restful and joyful it is for your mind 
to spend yeah. some time doing something creative, especially with all the craziness going on in 2020. Oh, I think we no. could all use some a little mental break. Yeah. Well, there's a great opportunity, guys. Oh, I love this. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for, um, you know, spending some time with me. I, I have so loved this. I've so valued your story. You know, it's um, so much in that. And I just, you know, I can see that there's so many people will connect with that and uh, sort of relate it back to their own life. And, you know, it's just so valuable that you've shared so vulnerably. And I really appreciate it. I appreciate you, Karen, for having me on. And I can't wait to listen to more episodes of your show. <laughs> oh, they're pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I try, I try so to have cool. interesting people. <laughs> oh, I love it. I can't wait. Oh, that, that's so good. But um, all right. Well, thank you. And um, don't forget that when I come to Las Vegas, you're, you're, you've got a guest. So don't forget that. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> All right. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, guys, that is so damn fantastic. And and Jamie, as Jamie just said, look, go if just go to the website, which I screwed up, but I won't this time, picturethisclothing.com and just download a template, start colouring in and just get in touch with the inner child and just have a bit of downtime and a bit of Give, give yourself a break from 2020 because this year has been a bitch and this is just such a lovely way to go and do it and you know and Jamie was talking about you know as I just mentioned before you know a brother a mother a father I mean just so much shit and in one year you know that in, in particular that 2009 was one hell of a year and and when she's talking about values you know these are all the things that happen through your life and we all have crap happen through our lives but it's when we you know accumulate it and sort of say well hang on what's important to me well, you've got to start saying well life is short and what is important to me and just get trying you just just try stuff and you know I don't expect people to listen to this and say oh yes I have my project and I'm going to do it tomorrow because it doesn't work like that but it's about trying it's about having the courage to try and having the vulnerability and the acceptance to say geez I screwed up I tried that and it didn't work so I think Jamie's sort of you know touched on a lot of examples of that so Anyway, I've loved this show. I've absolutely loved sharing this time with Jamie. I hope you got a heap out of it. Um, take the advice, start poking life and go watch that Steve Jobs clip. Um, go give Jamie some love. I'll put all of the um, uh, where you can find her in the show notes. And anyway, thanks for joining me and thank you for supporting every single week because without you there wouldn't be a podcast and I absolutely love it and value it and appreciate it. So I'll catch you next week. See ya. Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.